Yo, what's good? It's your girl, DJ Narc. <laughs> Yo, I've started this thing five times. And um, it's annoying, right? It's like the same thing as the videos. Uh, why can't she just do them at a certain time? And why doesn't she put them all out at once? And uh, yeah, inspiration is a funny thing. And so is having a really, uh, what would astrologically be called difficult moon placement. Because both Mercury being ruled by an earth sign Taurus and the moon being ruled by an earth sign Virgo make for a need for extreme perfection. But it must feel effortless. Um, or else it's not worth it because it's not going to get through to you. So what goes on behind the scenes of the product you receive, which seems, you know, very like, okay, we just went from this to this to this. Ah, oh, okay. That makes sense. And it is that. But what's behind that is a lot of either walking around with me thinking, excuse me, making connections in my mind. Or me starting this process a few times and then realizing that it's not um, in some way inclusive enough. And so, of course, if we're talking about race, how does one begin? How, where, you know? And so there have been more than a few um, failed attempts at this point. And then this morning, I got an article from a really good friend of mine. Um, which was an article in reference to another article in the New York Times. And I just want to read you just the first paragraph of it because, excuse me, it's a really good place to start. So if you would bear with me, here we go. Copenhagen. When Rokhaya or Rokhya... Nassan gives birth in the coming days, she and her baby boy will enter a new category in the eyes of Danish law. Because she lives in a low-income immigrant neighborhood described by the government as a ghetto, Rokaya will be what the Danish newspapers call, <clears throat> get ready for it, a quote-unquote ghetto parent. And he, the son, will be a ghetto child. Starting at the age of one, okay, just listen very carefully to what I'm about to read you. Starting at the age of one, ghetto children must be separated from their families for at least 25 hours a week, not including nap time, for mandatory instruction in Danish values, including traditions of Christmas, Easter, and Danish language. Non-compliance could result in a stoppage of welfare payments. Other Danish citizens are free to choose whether to enroll children in preschool up to the age of six. Denmark's government is introducing a new set of laws to regulate life in 25 low-income, heavily Muslim enclaves, saying that if families there do not willingly merge into the country's mainstream, they should be compelled. For decades, integrating immigrants has posed a thorny challenge to the Danish model intended to serve as a small, homogenous population. 
Okay. <clears throat> so, let's start there because that's where I am. I've realized that a lot of what has gone wrong in the few times that I've started this podcast, this episode, um, is that I've been really broad. You know, start talking about the Native Americans and go from there to slavery. And, and we'll get into that because I guess at this point I need to put up two weeks. <clears throat> so this can be a really long one. But the thing that I've been doing wrong is that I haven't been going from my own experience. Because sometimes I forget that these podcasts are new. I just started doing this. There are things that I've told my friends uh, over and over and over again. And I have to remember that you guys don't know those stories. You know, and, they're, and, they're, and they will give you a lot of insight. So let me give you my, now that you know, based on that article and what's going on here and what uh, legislatively is happening in terms of integration and really um, a, a, <laughs> a deep need to <clears throat> maintain a Christian state, if you will. Right, because the 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 Christmas Easter thing is what really sticks out to me. Cause it's like, wait, uh, wait, <laughs> wait. But okay, all right, um, not okay. But let's put it to the side for a minute. Um, now that you know that that's how they roll over here, let me give you my experience of being in Denmark. So I first started coming to Denmark in ninety. Nine? No, 96. Well, I had already been here as a child a few times. But uh, I started coming here as an adult in 96. So right out of high school. Um, And yeah, you know, uh, the first time I came here, I was super, I was like 18. And... Uh, I think I was oblivious to everything at that point, like racism, sexism, everything went over my head because I don't think, excuse me, it's really hard for me to talk about this because it's really hard not to get emotional when you talk about race. And so if it sounds like I'm like holding back tears, that article really fucked with me. Like that, knowing that really fucked with me. And up until reading it again just now, because I read it when I first, first woke up, I thought it said that it was like uh, kids have to be separated from their parents for like 20 hours a day or something. So I've been driving around getting coffee, trying to uh, process that and just like on the verge of tears for like a couple of hours now. Cause I'm like, no, that can't be possible. No, that can't be. But I was like dreading opening the article and looking at it again because like, I just couldn't stomach it. Like, what does one do with that knowledge? How does one walk around knowing it's like, it's like the kids in the camps. How does one walk around knowing that these children were ripped away from their parents and, 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 and hello, hello, medicated, medicated. Yo, I got on psychology today <clears throat> on Twitter because they have a headline up right now that says, um, what are the ethical do's and don'ts of medicating migrant children or something uh, children separated, you know, from some shit. And I was like, what kind of headline is it? ethical do's and don'ts of, of, of drugging kids that you took from their parents? What the fuck are we talking about? Why are you trying to fucking normalize something horrendous? 
Like, let's not do that. But, but, but that example, it's like, that's how I've been walking around feeling for a couple of hours. Like, what the fuck? How does one live? And, and it's exactly how I feel about what's going on in the border. Like, how does one live knowing that there are these small children who are being given like antipsychotics and sedatives and, and, and a cocktail, a cocktail of things, right? That no one will actually tell us what exactly it is. Because they're so distraught that there's nothing else to be done. And so, and so the, uh, the powers that be on the highest levels okayed giving these children... Dr- Yo! Whoa! Like, how do we walk around with that knowledge without screaming at the top of our lungs? Like, what the fuck? Like, what are we doing to our kids? What the fuck? But that's the... That's the yo, that's the operative word right there. Our our kids if you don't think those are your kids you don't care I don't have a choice I have to feel like they're my kids because my kid looks like them he's brown just like they are just like fucking 90% of the fucking world is I, I have to care right on that level but how are we walking around with that in our heads and not like screaming our fucking heads off and like losing our minds because it's unthinkable. And like, th- this is a hell of a fucking place to start. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going straight into like fascist uh, 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 internment camps where kids are being drugged. We went from like uh, uh, Obama to the Fourth Reich in like a hop, skip, and a jump. Is that where the fuck we're at? You know what I'm saying? So, okay, and, and just by the way, a little aside to the aside to the story that I'm trying to tell you, when I worked on this TV show, right, there was this guy who used to come by and leave packets. Yo, if you're listening right now, because I know you're so fucking crazy, whoever you are, I know you found me again. You must have by now. If you fucking are listening to this, I'm so sorry that my boss like shooed you away and like told you you were a weirdo and I didn't like the stuff you were sending me. I loved the stuff you were sending me. I don't know why he said that. And and also, I don't want to say your name, but dude from the TV station, if you're listening, you shouldn't have done that to him. That was mean. And I think you hurt his feelings because from what you said, he sounded sensitive. Um, okay, let me fill the rest of you guys in because this is like super juicy. It's, it's insanely fascinating actually. So I worked on this show. Well, I didn't, I mean, I, I wrote it and I hosted it. Um, the word boss like didn't sit well when I said it and then I had like a Damon Dash moment. I was like, well, now I'm gonna have to correct that. Um, so this dude I work with, right? Um, so we're doing this show and... Uh, one day the dude, you know, had an office or whatever. One day I go to the office because <clears throat> we're shooting that day and he hands me this, uh, like a, you know, like a New York, uh, New York, man, I miss New York so much. Uh, p- 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 like a U.S. Postal Service, you know, the envelope, the, the hard envelope, the large one that you can like sticky and then you like you sticky strip it shut and then you can open it you know what the fuck i'm talking about okay so that thing so he hands it to me and he's like yo like some really weird guy left this for you so when i was younger i was um uh (laughs) 
I didn't quite understand. I got married really, really, really young. Let's put it that way. I got married really, really, really young, and I didn't really understand the whole like sanctity of marriage thing. <laughs> Because I didn't want to get married, to be honest. I just wanted to have the engagement ring. <laughs> and, like, just be perpetually engaged. You know what I'm saying? I just want to be engaged for, like, a really long time and just be like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Anyone who knows me who's listening to this, shout out Angela, shout out Fatwa, Salia. You guys are, like, laughing your ass off because you know what the fuck I'm talking about. I just really liked the idea of that like I loved my ring. I loved like I loved being engaged. You know, he was gorgeous, Scorpio, Sag cusp, like beautiful to look at, successful, all this shit, like totally in love with me, obsessed with me, would do everything for me, anything for me. And I just wanted to be in that perpetual like fiance state. Like I loved it. And it also left my Gemini 18 year old ass open to like, you know, if I was like flirting with someone or something, they'd be like, do you have a ring on your finger? And I'm like, yeah. Oh my God, I'm totally engaged. (laughs) Oh no. Anyway, so he tells me, he's like, this, that's going to make sense in a second that I told you that. So, but then, oh, but then I had to get married because my mom's sister was coming to visit and she was like, oh my God, um, they're, cause they're all nuts. Like they're all super religious. Um, but they're not nuts because they're super religious, but (laughs) they're, they're just crazy. Um, but so she was like, oh my gosh, she's coming to visit. And you, I, what am I supposed to say? That my daughter's like living in sin with this like white model. <laughs> and I was like, yo, mom, like stop. You're totally fucking with my game right now. Like this is a good setup for me, bro. Like we would go out. I would leave my clothes all over the floor. He would hang my clothes up. He would clean. He would make food. He would go get the car he would park the car he would wait outside the club would wait outside the club if i wanted to go by myself like crazy stuff like crazy 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 stuff oh my god and it just made me horrible it just made me like a horrible person to be around you know when you get everything you want all the time exactly the way you want it you just want more and more and more and like like people would tell him like, yo, dude, you're spoiling her. And it was so reminiscent of like what people would say to me when I was a kid around my dad. They'd be like, they'd tell my dad, they'd be like, stop, you're spoiling her. Like she throws a fit and you just give her whatever she wants. Like, don't do that. You're training her how to be that way. And he'd always be like, man, mind your business. Like, <laughs> this is my daughter. Shut the fuck up. And like, that's exactly how <clears throat> he was. Like my ex-husband, my first husband, um, just like actually both my husbands like they they were just like people would be like yo what are you doing they'd be like shut the fuck up mind your business but like weren't you just rubbing your rubbing her feet like five minutes ago yeah well she's pregnant what do you want like just shit like that where like people would be like you know you're spoiling her right they'd be like so mind your business like it's like a source of pride or something you know anyway so i was like yo i got a really good setup here like why you why you tripping like stop mom stop and i was like yo what do you want what do you want and she was like no you guys have to get married you know or else it's just like totally fucked up or whatever she would never say that but like you know it's totally messed up or whatever uh 
And he was like, oh, I don't know, you know, I don't care. And I was like, I don't care. Like, oh, God, can we just, like, say we're not, though? Can we just, like, not do this but do this? Ah! <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyway. So it really didn't change anything for me. I didn't really want to do it. You know, I was really good with my little limbo, like, Gemini area, gray area there. But whatever. So I, in my head, I was still there. You know what I'm saying? So, and I, like... I got married or like I hooked up with this dude um, the day before I left my parents' house. Like the day before I was like, free, I'm free, I'm 18, I'm free. Uh, so literally like no freedom ever, you know. Because the thing about having like a gorgeous, attentive, super like I'll spoil you, give you everything. Scorpio is like you have no freedom. Like you, I mean, you can do whatever you want. But, like, he's always going to be there. <laughs> like, that Drake shit, yo. Like, that new album. Like, he's just so, like, God, get away. <laughs> yo, I feel so bad for Drake's exes. Like, who are you? Like, I know about you because like, I'm nice to your friend. Like, stop. <laughs> but you see how I'm laughing? Because I love that shit. Like, I need to know that you're out there stalking my life. <laughs> because if you're not, like, like, <laughs> like, my ex is a Scorpio rising. If he is not stalking, if you're not listening to this right now, you are doing it wrong. Because the reason I blocked you on all platforms is because you need to stalk my life. <laughs> Anyway, so point of the story being that when my dude at the TV station office, it wasn't a station, it was an office, was like, yo, this dude came by with this with this packet. Here's this packet. And he was like, he was like this tall, um, he looked weird. And my, you know, 18-year-old ass that didn't want to be married was like, word, what he looked like? Was he hot? <laughs> boss quote unquote was like uh, what no I just told you he was weird and I was like describe him describe him (laughs) so anyway this dude who was apparently like sounded like a good looking dude because whenever someone says to me oh such and such person like but I don't know if you're gonna like him he's weird looking I'm always the one who's like I like weird looking like I got a thing for mm, like, my ex-husband looks like a girl. I actually thought he was a girl when I talked to him. That's how much he looks like a girl. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I got a thing for that, like, whole androgyny thing. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. Gender is a funny thing with me. Like, when people are like, oh, anyway. So, the packet. In the packet was a bunch of stuff. A bunch of printouts uh, off the internet. This is in the year 2001. So in 2001, uh, I start getting these packets. And it's like crazy stuff because now it's, you know, 2018. So 17 years ago, I started getting these packets about how uh, FEMA camps are being, um, uh, Walmarts are being repurposed all over the place and turned into FEMA camps. Uh, that there are train cars that um, people 
whole groups of people have quit working for certain companies and then there were like the law document the, the the court documents of these people who had taken the company to court because they wanted to know why were they being employed why were they being employed to weld shackles into the floor of train cars and shackles that were specifically uh, for humans uh, there was another company who uh, took issue with the fact that they were repurposing all these buildings in Hawaii that had gas vents coming in but none going out and and then uh, there was like 20 pages of printouts of these buildings uh, that this had been done to all over the U.S. I mean the shit that he sent me was fucking bananas and think about it because this is 17 years ago so the internet was a really different place it like now conspiracy theories and all this stuff and information misinformation there's a lot of it <clears throat> i agree um and it's becoming more and more difficult to find really quality conspiracy th- stuff on uh youtube even though to some people that may seem like a contradiction in terms of that's just because you're not down uh but most of it is like this whitewashed heavily produced conspiracy shit now like conspiracy countdowns and some guy with a funny face and the video and the thumbnail and it's all bullshit um but this is like 17 years ago so like it was heavy like it was raw back then all that conspiracy shit um writers of the apocalypse shit you know what i'm saying crazy shit but way more hidden uh and and like way more valid stuff because the only people that were out there there was no one out there who was trying to spread misinformation it was actually people who were like yo this group of people i'm gonna put this up this group of people are have this suit against this company because they're being asked to weld this stuff you know what i mean so it was like super legit stuff um <clears throat> and he kept sending and kept sending so me and my uh, the, the guy I was married to at the time, we're like sitting there and he was like, like in that way we were <clears throat> perfectly suited because like all we wanted to do all the time was just hang out together, uh, basically, basically wanted to hang out together, smoke and like uh, talk about crazy like conspiracy shit. You know what I mean? Like watch, <clears throat> watch crazy movies, do like just like crazy shit. Like we just liked hanging out together a lot, right? So we're like looking through these papers and like just like, going on this ride like going through these papers like fuck what the fuck what the fuck and the packets started coming pretty regularly so like once every like month or so there'd be like another packet of stuff <clears throat> so after a couple of months we realized that the information is getting like more and more detailed more and more detailed there's like all these links to stuff that we're going and putting into the computer and like looking up online there's all these videos um of like uh mock um emergency vaccination uh, centers uh like there are these mock emergency videos with all all actors and it's like they're being trained when doing the video but then the videos also be used for train being used for training purposes and they're enacting uh some sort of disaster that leads to everyone having to be vaccinated with something right away um, like really crazy shit. Like, d- like we fell down this fucking rabbit hole, right? And it was extreme. Some of the stuff that was in there. Well, it seemed extreme, is what I'm getting to, because <clears throat> now, uh, none of that stuff seems extreme. But let me circle back. So when I first came to Denmark, um, and started like coming here regularly, or just started hanging out. It was because, so the two dudes that I was married to, the two guys that I was married to, um, I met them in the same week. 
And like my father's worst nightmare in life, right, was that I would like one day grow up and like step foot outside the house and like somebody would like see me and fall in love with me. And like I would like be gone. So of course that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Cause his fear was so strong. <laughs> um <laughs> so I'm I like was out of the house for like a week and in that week um I met both of these guys. So I ended up marrying one and becoming friends with the other. So we were friends for a while. We were friends for like 10, 12 years before we got married. Um, Anyway, so that's when I started coming here to visit him, hang out, whatever, see the place, ah, ah, ah. And I noticed a really funny thing right away, which was when I walked around here, when I didn't say anything, when I was just walking around, um, the shop girls would bump into me, like check me, like shoulder check me. Um, people would bump into me. It seemed like on purpose. Uh, people wouldn't like ask me if I needed help. Not at all. Uh, A lot of people would give me dirty looks when I walked into a place. Um, couldn't get a shop girl to help me even if I was like looking for a size like if if she could see that I was looking for a size nothing but as soon as I opened my mouth and I spoke then all of a sudden I had nothing but friends everyone wanted to talk to me everyone wanted to know oh you're you're American oh where are you from oh New York oh I love New York do you need help with that I saw you looking what size are you looking for And it happened again and again and again and again. So often, in fact, that after the first couple of times I'd been here, I was like hella sick of it and just sick of this place because the hypocrisy of it like just really got under my skin. Like when you don't know where I'm from, you're looking at the color of my skin and you're assuming all types of horrible shit about me. And then I realized, you know, that doesn't really happen to me in the U.S., That's why it rubbed me the wrong way so bad. Because in the U.S., if you have any preconceived notions about me, probably most of them are pretty positive. And so I had never experienced a place where the color of my skin made me a horrible social negative. And it gave me a lot of perspective because what I realized is that the quote-unquote ghettos here are all filled with people who are the same color as me. Right? So we are, in essence, the quote-unquote black people of this place. Uh, But instead of slavery, and that's a big instead of, we'll get into that, um, they had a guest worker program where they invited people to come and work here because they needed the labor force. And I think that the thought the thought process was probably something like they'll work and go home or we'll kick them out when we don't need them anymore um and here we are so now it's weird because as an american who is south asian and has brown skin because there's all kinds of wrong assumptions being made it's so funny the way racism works people here assume i'm arab i'm not arab at all i have no arab blood i have like arabs are a very specific 
genetic group. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not anything that they think I am. Um, but it's an interesting part of the world to move through because if you in any way play up your ethnicity, say for example, I wore a headscarf. Uh, I can only imagine. One time I was wearing one um, because it was quite stylish and I was walking down West End Avenue in New York and every other person I saw on the street gave me the nastiest fucking look you could possibly imagine. And I was floored, like, holy shit, is this what hijabi girls go through every day? I couldn't fucking believe it. But again, let's come back to the Denmark thing. I'm also sitting in a part of the world right now where in several countries, the headscarf is banned. You're not allowed to wear it. I mean, (laughs) just think about that. Uh, We're liberating women by telling them what they can and cannot wear. I often uh, think that the way we're heading has everything to do with the fact that we no longer respect philosophers. They have no place in the world. They have no place of respect in the world. They have no institutions where they are actually encouraged and listened to. We have tenured idiots everywhere who don't know what the fuck is going on and are completely out of touch and don't really give a fuck because they're never going to lose their jobs and upholding some sort of Uh, moral center which has everything to do with philosophy and absolute truths and laws like it just doesn't exist the only thing that exists is chasing some uh, innocuous form of the dollar that's just meant to keep you barely above water barely afloat sorry about that excuse me I have my grievances with my chosen profession um because these things would not be happening the way they're happening if we had an open and healthy philosophical discourse, not a political one, but a philosophical one, because that would encompass science, it would encompass politics and art. You could talk about all of those things then, Um, but we we don't have a forum like that. We have a forum for everything. We have platforms for everything, but not when it comes to independent, thought you know people sitting around and talking about and thinking about the way society is made and the way that it should be the powers that we have and how they should be harnessed and what's the what are the reasons behind them and what are the human costs like was there nobody on the trump team who took you know a semester of greek tragedy was there nobody on his team who's taken one you know philosophy 101 class and and you like you age of enlightenment nothing nothing nobody nobody nothing nothing has passed these people's eyes not even kushner who went to harvard nothing has passed their eyes that would have given them pause and said you know i read about something like this once and from everything that I've read about it, this is wrong, you know? And I, I see that takes religion out of the equation. Uh, forget religion. Forget religion. Uh, if you need religion to find your moral center, I think there's more wrong uh, than religion can solve. <laughs> 
religion is not supposed to have anything to do with finding your moral center, uh, praising the creator and being in a harmony and in a, in a vibe of gratitude and harmony has nothing to do at all. Um, okay. Yeah. With, with, uh, your morality, it, though you should be able to know that taking kids away from their parents, uh, is wrong, whether or not Christ told you so explicitly, because I guess I think that's how it works right now. If Christ didn't specifically say it, we can get away with doing it. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. The, the, the twists and turns that Christianity has taken throughout time to suit the politics of the moment is like, it's crazy to look at. And, and of course, that's exactly what would happen to such a pure message. Like how many different ways did that dude need to tell us, like, just love each other. Please stop doing this. Oh my God, look what they're doing to me. Don't do this to people. Okay. Please stop doing this. Like, what the fuck is wrong with us? How does that message, how does, how does a dude that has that message, a man that comes into the world with such a simple message, like couldn't be simpler, just be nice to each other, man. Like just chill the fuck out. You see this crazy shit they're doing to me? Don't do this to people. Don't make fun of them. Don't hit them. Don't torture them. Don't humiliate them. Don't otherize them. Just, just leave people be. Don't do this heinous shit to people. That's it. That was the message. That's the message. And like that particular figure and that message has been convoluted in every way fucking possible to justify the bloodiest, most fucked up like scourge that like the world has ever seen. And how? How do you take the purest, most beautiful message and turn it into the most violent colonial opportunistic murderous like force that just like takes over the planet you ever seen a map of all the places that england colonized it's absurd they said they're gonna loan back some shit to some country in africa that they got that they stole they said they'll loan it back to them for a month what the fuck (laughs) like But but the reason, the reason that this can happen on the level, the systemic level that it's happening now is because our philosophical discourse is left up to religion. Why is it that those are the only places in the mega churches, in the tea party, whatever the fuck they do? Like, why are these the only places where we're allowed to talk about what's right and wrong you see it's in everybody's interest it's in the government's interest to keep religious institutions and religion as toxic as possible and as moneyed as possible it's really in their interest because then it's an easy way to cancel out so much of the population what would be dangerous is a healthy open debate amongst all sorts of people and it, and it has nothing to do with religion because I think what we would find out really quickly is that a lot of us across the board, regardless of where we're from or what we believe, know in our heart that this shit that's happening right now is fucking wrong. 
And you know, that's exactly where the terms white and black come from. After slavery, poor white people and poor black people looked around at what was essentially a feudal system and they were like, holy shit, we were slaves, you were feuds, now we're all feuds and there's this aristocracy and this is fucked. What's going on? And they commiserated with each other and they got along and they were intermarrying. Yes, there was all types of shit going on because when you have the same struggles, you have the same hurts. When you have the same hurts, you commiserate. Of course, because how? who else is going to help you heal but someone who also has your hurts? You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been around brown guys who have, like, girlfriends of other cultures where the brown guy's being mad disrespected uh, on some real, like, I hate you, you're a terrorist, racist shit by, like, a bartender, a waiter, something, something. And the chick doesn't even notice. And you got to be the one to be like, yo, my dude, are you going to serve him or not? You know what I'm saying? Because because chick isn't going to notice. She doesn't even know what the... Because she doesn't have those hurts. She's never been treated that way. So she doesn't know what to look out for. So in that way, whatever whatever hurts you have, you commiserate with other people who have those hurts because those are the ones who can help you heal. Those are the ones who are looking out for you in those ways because they've been hurt in those ways. So all these poor white feuds and all these freed black slaves got along. They had the same pains. They had the same fears. Uh, white, the white feudal poorest of the poor, the people who were just above, you know, slavery at the time, were not doing any better. I mean, they weren't in shackles and they weren't beat the fuck out of and raped and bred. But in terms of finances, they weren't they were like barely scraping by. So all of a sudden what you have is a coagulation of a group of people who have very little um, dissimilarity. They're very they have a lot of commonality. They're they're a lot alike. And that's fucking dangerous. (laughs) that's why there's no open philosophical discourse right now because that's fucking dangerous you need all these weird talking heads on cnn you need things to be polarized because of fox news you need to make politics as much like religion as possible because that's how you kill healthy debate so what would have naturally happened in a culture that was uh poor black people and poor white people commiserating and getting along what you would have is essentially what you've had at several times in new york city these grassroots political movements where so many people of so many different cultures come together and they elect someone really dope because they're like yo we all have the same struggles and this person's fucked up we got to get them out or whatever right so that was a huge problem for the people who were former plantation owners former you know uh, slave masters obviously for obvious reasons and because they still had to work with these people, they had to pay these people, they still they needed their services still, right? Or else the economy would have completely collapsed, in which in a sense it did. So the terms white and black come from the elite at the time sitting down and devising a way to essentially disrupt the unity that was forming throughout America. Because the unity that was forming was along class and financial lines. And that's really dangerous. It is very, very much in every wealthy person's best interest to keep color division alive and well. Absolutely. Because without it, your attention turns to the fact 
you know, if we, if we could forget for a minute that those children that are stuck in those camps and are being sedated, if we could forget for a second that those kids have brown skin, if we could forget for a second that that fucking matters, imagine how we would react. If we actually thought, like, if, if, yo, yo, if those were, I'm going to tell you right now, for sure, for real, if those were South Asian kids, if those were Pakistani and Indian kids, yo, there would be like fucking riots down there. There, they, there would, there'd be like a thousand lawyers down there. Like what the fuck? What's going? But the thing is, these small populations, these different ethnicities that we have in this country, that have money, that have power, that have pull. They don't commiserate with those kids on the border. I mean, most white people aren't either, right? A lot of them are, but most of them aren't. At least the Trump supporters aren't. He is like, what, 90% uh, approval ratings on the Republican side right now? So think about that. So 90% of the Republicans in this country right now approve of what he's done with these kids and the medicating and the camp and everything. But if we could forget for a second this artificial color line, right, that has been that has been taught to us to keep us from noticing that we all have 1% of the pie, right? If we could just forget that for a second and look at those kids as 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 not brown <clears throat> as whatever ethnicity you are yourself. Like if you're Haitian, imagine that was a a camp full of Haitian kids. If you're you see what I'm saying? If we could all be Mexican, for a minute, if we could all be Central American, if we could all be Nicaraguan, if we could all be El Salvadorian for a second, and think of it as like your own children, uh, you 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 would go crazy. You would you would be calling every other person you know who is also of that ethnicity and saying, "What are we gonna do? What what are we gonna do? Uh, there's a bunch of Pakistani kids down there. What are we gonna do? We gotta do something. We gotta do it now. We can't leave them down there. They're giving them drugs. What? What the fuck? Like we gotta go store in that plate. What the fuck? You see what I'm saying? Imagine if we all felt that way about everyone that's being brutalized by the state. And I started talking about this way before Trump was in power. Unfortunately, I was talking about this a lot when Obama was president. I did um, a spoken word thing called Stop, Don't Shoot that I actually took off the channel. Um, before I did the Divine Manifestation video, I, I did something called Stop, Don't Shoot, which is all about like Mike Brown and uh, <clears throat> all of it. I, we'll, get, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, but what I was talking about even then was that you know a lot of times uh, because the Ferguson thing had just happened and they wouldn't refer to him as a child and it really bothered me it really bothered me that they left a child's body uncovered in the sun on the street after they shot him because they didn't like that he was walking in the middle of the street they didn't like that he was not intimidated by them they shot him just to shoot him and then made up all sorts of lies about it but then when the autopsy came back and we realized what had happened to him they executed him and then they left him in the street in the sun 
without on purpose, without putting a sheet over him, on purpose, <clears throat> on purpose to show everybody there, to show everybody, you know, they did that shit on purpose. And it really bothered me that no one in the media, anyone controlling the narrative online, the blogs, everyone, no one would call it what it was, which was like they murdered a child. They executed a child. But because he's black, you he doesn't get to be called a child. Because he's tall and black and a big dude, he's not a kid. That just That's something we reserve for small, skinny white kids. Those are kids. But if a kid his age, a white kid, a skinny, short white kid his age had been executed by the cops like that, you think his body would have been allowed to lay in the sun like that for that many hours uncovered? What would have happened in that white neighborhood? Just think about it. What would have happened in that white neighborhood? Same, yo, same thing with the people on the border. I've been saying for years now. For years, I've been saying, since I started coming to Scandinavia, I've been laughing about it. Like, yo, do just do me a favor. Let's do a little thought experiment, okay? Imagine if the people south of the border from America look like the people from Sweden. Just take everybody south of the border right on the other side of the Rio Grande. Take everybody south of the border and replace them with people who look like people from Sweden and Denmark. Now, can you imagine what kind of open fucking border we would have? There would be no border. There would be no border. That, that's the, and you know it, there would be no border. There would be people, uh, the the property down there would be extremely expensive because everyone would want to live down there, close to them. (laughs) So, so if we know that's true in your gut, if you know that's fucking true, then what's happening? What's actually happening? What's happening is, uh, for lack of a better term, it's ethnic cleansing. And it's happening all over the world. Take notice. It's happening all over the world. Yo, millions have been displaced by what they've done, what they've done in Syria. Millions. This is the, I don't know how many times I have to say this, and I'm sorry I sound annoyed. It's not with you guys. But this thing about World War III, yo, World War III, IV, V, like y'all ain't keeping count. There's a war raging in Yemen. There's a war against poor, starving people raging in Yemen. There's a war still going on that's fucking CIA-backed in Syria. Still. We're just displacing millions and millions of people and then they're running to places where their kids are going to get taken away from them and taught about Christmas and Easter or else they can't stay. We're doing exactly what the Third Reich did. We're all allowing it to happen all over again. We're displacing people all over the place. Yo, are you aware that the fucking U.S. government is still spraying parts of Colombia? We're still spraying every day pesticides over huge, huge areas in Colombia because we don't want people growing coca leaves. What the fuck kind of racist, ill shit has been going on? And for how long? This is what we get. 
This is what we get for ignoring the global struggle of people of color everywhere because we think that shit is separate and it's not separate. You know how it fucking broke my heart into a million pieces and like, oh, when the when the Lakota Indians put that sign up about Gaza, like that shit killed me. Like, yo, exactly exactly they were like we stand with gaza yes exactly because you know exactly what the fuck they're going through you're being hosed and tear gassed and all the same shit you get it you're a small indigenous population that's being completely brutalized and like you totally get by this giant by this giant military like industrial force that doesn't give a fuck about you you're just gonna get rolled right under their fucking tanks and like you're like yo we're the same like that meant so much to me because it's like yes you have to you have to recognize other groups of people that are going through the same thing because these that's why I brought up the white black thing these things are done to keep us from noticing that what's going on with the Lakota and what's going on with the Palestinians and what's going on with black people in America it's the same thing like I can't even imagine being a black mom and having a black child and like how do you let them leave every day not knowing what's gonna happen to them that shit is terrifying i can't imagine that i can't imagine like how would i like how would i function knowing if i had a black son how would i function knowing that he's like out there like anything could happen to him because everybody's looking at him as just like a moving target You know, like, how would I live if I had just by chance been born in Gaza or been born in the West Bank? How could I survive every day knowing my son was out there? He might get picked up at any moment. (laughs) Or if we were born on the other side of this fucking arbitrary border of, like, land we stole. That's fucking Mexico. That's the part that kills me about all this. You see, when you fuck with history books and you fuck with people's, like, institutions that are supposed to be holy, like education and philosophy and all this shit, when you fuck with this stuff, you can get away with doing anything. We stole that land from Mexico. How the fuck are we caging people and trying to send them back from what is essentially their fucking country? It's crazy to me. How, how, if we had been born on the other side of this arbitrary fucking border, how would we feel if we were sitting somewhere and we have no idea where fucking kids are? How would you feel if you, you're reading in a newspaper that your kid is somewhere, they don't know where, but they know they gave him a bunch of drugs? What the fuck? Like, this is the thing. You can only be capable of this level of empathy when you stop like when you stop playing into the game that's what the Lakota did when they put that sign up like it really really touched me that touched me and the thing that Banksy did where he went and illegally graffitied the West Bank wall that really really got to me because it's like yo we have to we have to see past this artificial thing that they do where they divide us by these really arbitrary fucking ridiculous things to keep us from noticing the truth and the truth is those could be your kids or my kids they could they could just with a fucking flip of the pen because look who we have working for them 
What the fuck are all those people who work for ICE thinking? They're thinking the same shit that the, the folk party was thinking in the 30s in Germany. They're thinking the same thing. They're being fed this narrative that what you're doing is for the betterment of the country. But you can't tell me every single one of those human beings who's separating little screaming fucking kids who are getting fucking syringes put in their fucking arms doesn't know that that shit is wrong. And you know what? If there's any of you out there that make cartoons, that make like graphics or whatever, can someone make me this graphic of a dude with a box of All Lives Matter t-shirts near an internment camp on the border and he's trying to hand them out? Anyone? 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 And nobody fucking wants one. And everybody's waving fucking Confederate flags and waving them on. All 90% Republicans. 90% fucking approval rating. For what? For stealing people's fucking kids. For stealing and drugging people's fucking kids. And if we had some real political fucking philosophical discourse, then we'd be able to stand up in a public domain and say, this is fucked up. Not because you're a Democrat, not because you're a Republican, not because you're fucking white or black or Asian or what the fuck. Doesn't fucking matter. This is just fuck like humanity, humanity. As a human, this is fucked up. Like this has to stop right now on all levels. All of it. We want full disclosure. All of it on all levels. You see, you saw how those Icelanders went and started banging pots and pans outside that dude's house and didn't stop till that motherfucker resigned. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. But that's exactly what they're afraid of. It's too easy to spark a fucking fire when everybody's soaked in blood and gasoline. It's too easy. So what you need is to have nobody have a set of matches. Nobody gets the matches. Because you know how it works. One group has the matches. The other group has the matchbook or the flint. The other group has the the blower that's going to fan the flames. And until we all work together, this fire don't get lit. But if it gets lit... Once it's lit, disclaimer, my best friend in high school called me a fire starter. But once it's lit, everybody, like I said, everybody's fucking soaked in this shit. Everybody's soaked in it. Once it's lit, it's a blaze and they know that. So it is in their best interest to constantly keep all the components in different people's hands. And the way that you do that is by separating people. But there's no real way to separate people. That's what you have to understand. All separation is illusory. All separation is man-made. We did it. Do you realize that bees and flowers are not separate? They are the same organism. That's Alan Watts. That's philosophy. That's why philosophy is fucking important. They're the same organism. Bees and flowers are the same organism. They're different appendages of the same organism. Fir trees, those trees in Colorado, underneath the root in the root system, they feed each other food. They send each other water. They send each other signals to make each other happy. They're one being. It is almost impossible to get us to think that we are disconnected from everything else but one of the ways that it is possible and it takes a lot of effort constantly that's what you have to realize your racisms your stereotypes your prejudices all of it is being reinforced on an unthinkable level from every fucking angle that you could imagine all the time because that's the only way to keep you in a place that is as unnatural as believing that the people around you are not just like you. Listen, if the 1% has got 99% of everything right now, take a look 
I'm serious. Take a look at every fucking person around you right now. Every fucking person that lives next to you. Every fucking person that works next to you. And I assure you, that person is exactly like fucking you. No matter what they look like, no matter what they're eating, no matter what they smell like, no matter what their color their fucking hair is, that person is in the 99% just like you. And they are exactly like you. But you know what? They probably don't think so. They probably think they're better than you in a myriad of ways. And you probably think you're better than them in a myriad of ways. Because that is in the best interests of the people who are right now putting children in cages. So we got to get really clear on what's more important. The shit that we get fed, force fed through every medium possible to make us think that we're not going through exactly the same fucking things. Is that what we want to adhere to? Because if we keep doing that, you think it's going to stop with these kids? You think it's going to stop with them being drugged and and that's it? That's the end of it? This is just the fucking beginning. I'm fucking serious. Yo, I'm going to tell you more about what was in those packets another time. The crying. Someone said that uh, I was doing cocaine. No, no, I wasn't doing cocaine in any of the videos or anywhere else. That shit, no, we're in the opiate age right now where everything white has just got to be off the market. Like, nah, you can't fuck with nothing out here like that. Like, cannabis for life, bro. Stop it with these rumors. That's an ugly rumor, bro. I have allergies and I'm emotional, okay? I'm also doing this thing where I'm using this thing on the back of my legs to, for like lymphatic movement, like to break up the lymphatic system. And it's been so amazing, but I'm going to talk about that on the wellness channel that I'm starting. I'll tell you more about that. But you can see now where I'm getting at. What was also in those packets was the stuff about the gas chamber stuff, the stuff about the trains. And what I'm getting at is this is a trial run. There testing to see how much they can get away with and how much they can conceal and see where the kinks are so there is no better time than right now to look around at every single person i'm telling you regardless of what color they are or what they look like or how they're looking at you and either pass them this fucking podcast and be like will you listen to this before you look at me like that please because we're all the fucking same okay like they're gonna come for your kids too um or not or not, or just know in your head and move accordingly. (coughs) And what I mean by that is regardless of how they feel about you, very Christ-like here, okay? Regardless of how they feel about you, you got to be on that wave of, yo, we are all in this same fucking boat. Stop fighting with me because this boat's going to capsize because there's a lot of us on this boat and there's like two people on that yacht. You know what I'm saying? You can't storm the yacht if you can't even get along. And you certainly can't set fire to it. Um, so yeah, so that's, uh, part one of racism in America. Lil Yachty. I don't know what we should call it. (laughs) Shout out to everyone who has been making this podcast a hit. Shout out to iTunes for being so supportive. Overcast, uh, Spotify, Anchor for sure. Um, all the people who have been leaving me voice messages here on Anchor, amazing. Thank you so much. It means, it means a lot to me. Like this medium in particular has just been so fucking fun. I'm like, I'm loving it. Um, and all the positive feedback is just, is dope, but I'll try to put up another one. Like, let's get back on that weekly schedule. You know, I'll get back on it. 
but I'm going to do, I'm going to upload this one right now. And then, yeah, I'll do, um, I'm going to put up a meditation for cancer season, but I think I'll put up a second part to this, uh, just talking about, uh, racism more and how it relates to a couple of my exes and just get into some like juicy Mars retrograde stuff. But I'll think that through. (laughs) Thank you so much for hanging out. And I will see you in a week. I love you guys.